You guys enjoyed that time of worship? And Jesus had some appointments with people today, amen? Well, we're going to continue um, looking at the life of Ruth, and I'm going to, I'm going to go right into this. Uh, the, the title of today's message is called Connected to the Blessing. Connected to the Blessing. And, and Ruth 2, 8 through 16 says, and I'm going to, you guys fine if I go right into it? You guys good with that? It says, then Boaz said to Ruth, listen carefully, my daughter. Do not go glean in another field or leave this one, but stay here close by my maids. Watch which field they reap and follow behind them. I have commanded the servants not to touch you. And when you are thirsty, go to the water jars and drink from what the servants draw. Then she kneeled face downward, bowing to the ground and said to him, why have I found favor in your eyes and what she, in your, in your eyes that you should notice me when I, when I am a foreigner? Boaz answered her, I have made, have been made fully aware of everything that you have done for the, your mother-in-law since the death of your husband and how you have left your father and mother in the land of your birth and have come to a people that you do not know, that you did not know before. May the Lord repay you for your kindness and may your reward be your reward be full from the Lord, the God of Israel, under whose wings you have come to take refuge. Then she said, let me find favor in your sight, my Lord, for you have comforted me and have spoken kindly to your maidservant, though I am not as one of your maidservants. At mealtime, Boaz said to her, come over here and eat some bread and dip your bread in the vinegar. So she sat beside the reapers and he served her roasted grain and she ate until she was satisfied and she had some left for Naomi. When she got up to glean, Boaz ordered his servants, let her glean even among the sheaves and do not insult her. Also, you shall purposely pull out for her some stalks of grain from the sheaves and leave them so that she may collect them and do not rebuke her. We have been looking at the story of Ruth for the past few weeks. And isn't it amazing that we can take such a small story? If you've if you've ever seen the book of Ruth, it's it's one of the smallest books in the Bible. But we can take such a small story and see the grace and sovereignty of God modeled in such a powerful way. If you go to, to Ruth 1 and you start to see how her story began, you see that she had every reason to feel forsaken. She had every reason to feel like she had been left out um, and, and she could have taken that victim mentality. She was with Naomi in, in chapter 1 who had lost her husband and she was married to one of her sons. And then as the story progresses, you see that she loses both of her sons. And so now Naomi is sitting there. And in that time, um, it was, it was, it was you, you, you become a widow and you actually become one of the, the lowest in the, in, in the Israeli uh, nation. Because that, that's, that's where they saw you. You have nobody. And, and, and it actually took a negative connotation on that. But what do we see? She never let her circumstances dictate what was going to be her final destination. So I want us to look at what resulted when Ruth connected to the source of her blessing. And so I, I, I love the Holy Spirit. I love God. I love Jesus. Because no matter what, he always knows what he wants to do. Amen. And our source today, we found as we were resting in, in, in what Jesus wanted to do for us. We were singing, there'll be another in the fire. We were singing about being in torment and being in, and going through storms, but declaring God's promise in that. 
And so, if you guys know me, you guys know my background is, is uh, I've been a technician my whole life, since I was 20, and that's all I do is, is fix stuff, right? And so, part of our, 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 part of everybody, who drove here today, who has been in a car before, everybody, right? Um, whether you like it or not, we've all been in a car or not, or at one point in, or another, and you can take a car and have everything that you need, an engine, a transmission, tires, gas, you can have keys, a stereo system, you can have leather in there, you can have everything you want. But if you don't have a source of power, that car is going to sit there all day long. It's a, a, a about a $100 little, little thing like this, that without it, you ain't doing anything. You can have a, a, a $100,000 vehicle, and without that power, you're not going to do anything. And so our source in the kingdom of God is Jesus. We have been given, we have been given everything. It says God is almighty, all power, all encompassing. God the Father, God the Holy Spirit, God the Son, right? So we are covered in every which way with a source that's there. But we have to connect to the source in order to get that blessing. Just like, like you see, I know some of you guys have, have run into where you go to start your car and that, it's not doing anything. Right? And sometimes you go out to that, that battery, that same, that same car, same everything, and all you do is move the terminal a little bit, tying it up, and all of a sudden it works. Easy. It's a, it's, for, for a mechanic, that's like number one thing you look at, right? You just, is the battery hooked up because we know how it's supposed to work. Well, it's important that in the kingdom of God, we know how it's supposed to work. But a lot of times we get so caught up in learning how it works and, and, and seeing how everybody is doing things that we forget to go to the source of how it works. Without the source, it means nothing. Like I said, if, if, if our source is there, if that battery is connected and there's just nothing in there anymore, there's no power, there's no, no voltage coming out of there, you can connect it all day long, but it's dead. But we don't serve a dead God. We serve a living God, amen? So because of that, we have a great source. And so one of the common terms that we hear in that field is, do we have a good source of power, right? Especially now with cars that are going into computers and stuff. If you don't have perfect power going into there, then you start having your sensors do crazy things. You get your, your tire pressure going off, stuff like that. And so that's what happens to us. When we don't have our connection right to the source, we, we, we spaz out, right? But our source doesn't die. Our source doesn't lose power. Our source has infinite power for you to glean on. doesn't matter how many times you go back to it. You can continue to go back to it, continue to go back to it, and have that source. Amen? So we have the source, then we have the connection. The connection is the Word of God. The connection is us reading the Word of God, and knowing how to glean that power. So as you're setting up circuits in, 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 an, in a, any kind of electrical, and we have it here, we have an electric source here, and you have wires that go to each, each light source that we have, and that's the different parts of the Word of God that we, we receive. We are receiving constantly little, little trails of how to get back to that source, and our connection is the Word of God. So tonight... I want to focus on the blessings that come 
with a connection. Our connection to the source through the word of God. And the first verse I want to hit is Joshua 1, 8 through 9. It's a familiar verse that, that if you've grown up in church, you've, you've seen it. I'll wait for it to get on. There's Joshua 1, 8 and 9. So if you know it, <laughs> you know it says, let this word not depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night. Day and night. Do not let this word depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night. What is that, what is that telling us? It, let's, let's, so it says, study this book of instruction continually. Meditate on it day and night so you will be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. And verse 9 says, this is my command. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged for the Lord is the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. I believe that Ruth had the perfect application for that verse. She took the word of God and knew what the word of God was and, and because of Naomi and, and clings to Naomi because that's the source. And so we're going to look at how that, that relationship with Boaz and Ruth came into being. The first blessing that we get is a blessing of guidance. In Ruth 2.8, it says, Then Boaz said to Ruth, Listen carefully, my daughter. Do not go to glean in another field or leave this one, but stay here close by my maids. The blessing of guidance, like I said, comes from the word. Psalm 32, verse 8 says, I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you who are willing to learn with my eye upon you. Proverbs 3, 5 through 6 says, Trust in and rely confidentially, confidently in the Lord with all your heart. And do not rely on your own insight or understanding. In all your ways, know and acknowledge and recognize him. And he will make your path straight and smooth, removing obstacles that block your way. If you have a hard time guiding your life, guiding anything, these are verses that can change that for you. If, if we learn to acknowledge God in all our ways, in everything that we do, it, the promise is, is, is put there. He will make your path straight. A lot of times we hear the, 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 the age old thing, I'm just wandering around, I don't know where, with nowhere to go. No plan, no purpose, no nothing. And that's because a lot of times we fail to just put it before God. In all your ways acknowledge Him. In everything that you're doing, acknowledge Him. There, there's a verse in, in Corinthians that says, submit every thought captive to Jesus Christ. Those are things that we've got to learn to do to acknowledge and, and put him at the forefront because the guidance, the blessing of guidance comes as we pray for that. Amen. The second blessing we get is the blessing of protection. In Ruth 2.9, it says, watch which field they reap and follow behind them. I have commanded the servants not to touch you. And when you are thirsty, go to the water jars and drink from what the servants draw. See, Ruth was protected by the fellowship of young men and by the warning given to the young men. Or the fellowship of the young women and the warning given to the young men. We, the church, we inside of the church, we Christians need the blessing and the guidance of, or the blessing of, of protection that we gain from fellowship. There's a, a, a phrase that I learned from Anthony, and he said it a few times up here. It says, the, the banana that leaves a bunch gets eaten. Right? That's the only one I get to. You know, you never see somebody peeling the whole bunch, right? 
And they're not going to do that. They're going to take one and eat it. And so it's important that we recognize that, that, that the enemy's trick is to isolate you. The enemy's trick is to come in and divide you. The enemy's trick is to come in and say, hey, you don't want to really hang out with them because then they're going to really know what you're doing and they're going to really, they're going to judge you based on that. Right? And too many times in the church we fall for that. We fall for that. We fall for the enemy coming in and saying, look, go look over there because there's something funky going on over there. And we're going to look and it's, oh, yeah, yep, something funky. And we're going to, that's what we want to draw to. Right? That's the wedge that's being put there. But but that's what we do. And we fall for it. But it's important that, you know, you, you've been outside. You've been where you felt that. And it's up to us to change that. We have the power to do that. We have the, 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 the source to change that. Amen? He's telling her, you are going to have the fellowship of the women, and then by the warning I've given the young men, she's going to be protected too. Right? He's, he, Boaz had instructed already the, the young men, do not mess with her. Don't make fun of her. Don't do any of that stuff because you'll have to answer to me. And that's the picture of Jesus saying that to the enemy if we allow Jesus to do that. He's telling them, if we say, Jesus, we need your protection, Jesus will stand in front. There, there was this, this prayer that we did, and, and it just something new that we started to do was, Jesus, what do you say to the problem in front of me? Jesus... When I put you in front of the problem, what happens to the problem, right? And Jesus is doing that for us. He's running interference. He's protecting us as long as we are asking for it. Psalm 91.11 says, For he will command his angels in regard to you to protect and defend and guard you in all your ways of obedience and service. Psalm 46.1 was, was my favorite verse as a kid. If I was going to get in trouble, I'd, I'd be praying this. God is our refuge and strength, mighty and impenetrable, very present, well-proved help in trouble. Right? <laughs> you're about to get spanked. You're like, I got to do something here. And you're praying this, right? We got to do the same thing when the enemy's attacking us. That's the only way we win is the word of God. It's a two-edged sword, sharper than a two-edged sword. Romans 8:28, And we know with great confidence that God who is deeply concerned about us, causes all things to work together as a plan for good for those who love God, to those who are called according to his plan and purpose. All we have to do is step in to that plan and purpose, and we are promised the protection. We also get the blessing of provision. In Ruth 2:15 and 16, and, and if when you're, when you're reading the story of Ruth, the reason they came to this place was so that they can find provision where they were from. Everything had died. Everything was, there was famine in the land. The men were gone. So they came to look for it. And here we are in Ruth 2, 56. It says, when she got up to glean, Boaz ordered his servants, let her green, let her glean even among the sheaves and do not insult her. Also, you shall purposely pull out for her some stalks of grain from the sheaves and leave them so she may collect them and do not rebuke her. Now, I don't know about you, 
But God's given me blessings that I do not deserve. Over and over and over, I have run into things, and, and some people call them coincidences. I don't. I call it God's provision. And all of a sudden, you needed some money, and all of a sudden, a check comes in. You needed this, and all of a sudden, that came in. That's the picture that Boaz is doing here. He's putting into to work things that he, he was promising her. He told the guys, when you're picking, not only are we going to follow the rules that Pastor Angel talked about last week, in the Levitical law, you didn't, you didn't pick all the edges of the field, and you didn't pick the, the, the stuff dry. You left some for the, for the widows, the poor people, and, and those who were in need. He tells them, not only are you going to leave all that, as you're picking this stuff, you're going to drop pieces for her to pick up. So she didn't even have to pick them. How many of you guys would like to run into a blessing where you don't even have to do any work? All of a sudden, it's just there. Amen? That's the kind of blessing God gives us. Philippians 4.19 says, And my God will liberally supply, fill unto full your every need according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. You, you've... You've, we've all been to Thanksgiving dinner and lunch, right? There's your favorite part of that. And it doesn't matter what it is. If it's your favorite part, you're going to serve yourself liberally. Right? That's liberally right there. You feed yourself liberally and you, and, and what do we all say? We're on the couch. Oh God, this is great, right? Loving life. That's what God does for us. He liberally will supply everything that we need. The blessing of provision is a blessing that we need to also learn to, to transform in our mind because it's when we don't have the provision that we panic and we worry and anxiety comes. But in Matthew 6.25, I love what it says. It says in the heading, is called the cure for anxiety. It says, Therefore I tell you, stop being worried or anxious which is perpetually easy or distracted about your life as to what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body as to what you will wear. Is life not more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow seed nor reap the harvest nor gather the crops into barns, and yet your heavenly Father keeps feeding them. Are you not worth much more than they? And who of you by worrying can add one hour to the length of his life? And why are you worried about clothes? See how the lilies and the wildflowers of the field grow? They do not labor, nor do they spin wool to make clothing. Yet I say to you that not even Solomon, in all his glory and splendor, dressed himself like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which is alive and green today and tomorrow is cut and thrown as fuel into the furnace, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? Therefore do not worry or be anxious which is perpetually easier, distracted, saying, what are we going to eat or what are we going to drink or what are we going to wear? For the pagan Gentiles eagerly seek all these things. But do not worry, for your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But first and most importantly, seek, aim at, strive after his kingdom and his righteousness, his way of doing and being right, the attitude and the character of God, and all of these things will also will be given to you also. If you ever read Matthew 6, you, you'll, you'll read just Jesus telling you how to live life. 
That's all it is. He's just telling you, just do this, just do that. And he has every scripture to back it up. He has everything to, to tell you, this is what you need to live your life. This is how you're going to live an abundant life. This is how you go from glory to glory. And it's imperative that we follow that. God provides for our every need as we obey him. God provides for our every need as we obey him. The blessing is in the obedience. Amen? Next is the blessing of encouragement. Ruth 2.13 says, Then she said, Let me find favor in your sight, my Lord, for you have comforted me and have spoken kindly to your maidservant, though I am not as one of your maidservants. He comforted her, which is Boaz, and encouraged her by what he spoke. We have power in what we speak. You know, we, 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 it's easy for us to discredit words, right? Because we say the only person that, that can speak anything to existence is God, right? We say that. But if you've ever studied and, and you know, and the Bible even says that your, your tongue is very, very sharp. Your tongue has very, very much power. Right? Our words that we speak have power of life and death. Right? You can comfort and encourage, or you can curse and discourage. We have the choice every day on what we say, what we do, how we do it. I have the the... The honor of leading some some guys at my work. I, I'm their boss, and you'll see them come in, and and I train them constantly. And they'll come in, and you guys didn't send me this, and they're going off on me. And I tell them, turn around, go back out there, and come back and ask me differently because you didn't ask me anything right now. You just accused me of something. Oh, why are you acting like that? I said, because how would you act? How would you like if I accused you of something without? Checking first, right? And so we do that. We come in and, and, and so they change it. Hey, I never received this. And now I say, oh, well, let me try again. Now everybody's fine. We're not fighting. We're not having this big old issue, but it's in the power of what we're seeing. It says, let me find favor in your sight, my Lord, for you have comforted me and have spoken kindly to me. She was comforted by Boaz. That's the picture that I'm trying to, to make us see here, is that, that everything that she was experiencing is a quality and trait of what God has for us. It's putting Jesus there. In Romans 15, 4, it says, For whatever was written in earlier times was written for our instruction, so that through endurance and encouragement of the Scriptures we might have hope and overflow with confidence in his promises. Ruth found her encouragement in the words of Boaz, we find our encouragement in the in God's word. It doesn't take, but uh, you're looking good today to change somebody's day. It doesn't take, but uh, man, you sounded great, Caitlin. You sounded great doing the doing Unstoppable God today. You did awesome. She was nervous about that. She's nervous about. It. She feels like she's going to fail, but. All it takes is an encouraging word, and we can unleash somebody into your blessing, 
right? We can say, hey, there can be that mindset change of you are good enough. You don't have to feel like you're not good enough. You, you are awesome. Don't let, you know, you know how many times we have left a, a, a place out here to come into these walls only to, to hear an, a discouraging word sometimes? Not from, not from up here, not from this, but maybe from each other. How many times we've had the option to, to say something nice, but we feel like we want to bite somebody? We want to, we want to, we want to correct or we want to, uh, push them towards something that we want? How many times have we prayed before we've done that? Right? So we have the power of encouragement. We have that because God gives it to us. Amen? Next is the blessing of fellowship. Again, in verse 14, it says, At mealtime, Boaz said to her, Come over here and eat some bread and dip your bread in the vinegar. I don't know if I would try to dip my bread in vinegar. That's kind of weird, but... um, so she sat beside the reapers and he served her roasted grain and she ate until she was satisfied and she had some left for Naomi. Boaz made Ruth feel welcome, loved and spiritually nourished. He did that for her. She, she, she took a physical thing and he did a physical thing in giving her the, the, the supplication she needed and spiritually he encouraged her. Hebrews 10, 24 and 25, it's a, a verse that, that I, I quote often. And it's about coming to church. The fellowship of us is what we do here at church. It says, and let us consider thoughtfully how we may encourage one another to love and to do good deeds, not forsaking our meeting together as believers for worship and instruction, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another all the more faithfully as you see the day of Christ's return approaching. I'm just going to hit on this real quick because it's a pet peeve of mine when people make excuses of why they can't come to church. Because at the end of the day, it's an excuse. If you're not, if you're willing to, to call into church sick, but you're not willing to call into work sick, there's a problem. Some of us, and this was something that I battled with when I first came to church, is, oh, I woke up and, oh, man, the Niners are playing today, so I'm staying home. Sorry. Right? That's what, you, that's what we do. The Niners are playing at the 10 o'clock game. I'm going to miss it. So, nope, I'm going to stay. Or you wake up and the remate looks, you want a, a corn, right? The remate looks real, real good right now, so we go over there. Or the coast, or whatever it is, and over and over and over and over and over, we do that, right? And and this verse alone should be motivation enough to let us know what not only what what we need, but what we do when we come to church. I don't know about you guys. I know I know you guys see me up here. I notice people that worship. I notice those who are engaged. I notice all that stuff, right? It's an encouragement. Sometimes when we're up here and nobody comes to the front and, and hardly anybody's clapping, you're like, Ugh, well, that was rough today. Like, what happened? <laughs> and then you come the next time and the same people are all into it, right? And, and before we move on, I'm not judging anybody. It's, it is what it is. I know you guys have said the same thing about us. They're not on today or whatever. I'm, we're okay with that. I'm fine. Uh, I've gotten over it after all these years. So, 
We come to church to bless each other. We come to church to give that encouraging word. If you don't come to church, how, how can we give that encouraging word? And if you don't come to church when you're feeling discouraged, how are you going to receive an encouraging word? We have to come together. The blessing of the fellowship is so much more than what, what, what we see right now. It's, it's the fellowship before church. It's the fellowship after church. It's, it's in that, that teaching that I was talking about earlier and, and just connecting with Jesus. It's taking that, that passage in, in Revelations where he's saying, I stand at the door and knock. He who lets me in, I come, or if you let me in, I'll come in. We'll dine together. And that whole picture is just fellowship with Jesus. And, and what do you do around a, a dinner table? You, you converse. You talk, you share life together. You don't, you're, when you're with a stranger, you're like, oh, whatever. But when you're at home, you, you come, you come to, to dinner in shorts. You don't care. You're, you're comfortable. And when you're comfortable, your, your guard is down. When your guard is down, you're able to fellowship and you're able to, to receive and give. It's, it's an awesome thing. I, I dare you guys to try it today after church. Amen? Next one is blessing of acceptance. In Ruth 2, 15 and 16, it says, When she got up to glean, Boaz ordered his servants, Let her glean even among the sheaves and do not insult her. Also you shall purposely pull out for her some stalks of grain from the sheaves and leave them so that she may collect them and do not rebuke her. In that culture, in that time, she was a, a foreigner. She was a Gentile. She was a Moabite. She looked nothing like them. She lived differently before she got married, right? In that culture, she, it was easy for her to be shunned. It was easy, easy for her to just be left out to dry. It was easy for her to just, just stay as the widow who's just going to get the corners of what the field leaves. But in his acceptance of her, Boaz did something that I believe is, is, is crucial for our church and for it, for the church of Jesus Christ, he instructed his people, you accept her, you help her, you guide her. I'm giving you that charge. It's up to us to love, guide, cherish, treasure those people that are coming into the, these, these, uh, in through these doors. You know, too many of us, and, and I was sharing with the PW team uh, yesterday, too many of us, we're okay with the new person coming in. The new person comes in and we're like, yes, we have Christianity figured out. The lost are being saved. We love this. But let that, let that baby Christian turn into a toddler and then into an adolescent. You don't like them anymore. All of a sudden, what they're doing bothers you. All of a sudden, we start to look at, well, yeah, they looked at me weird or they didn't shake my hand or they didn't do this or they didn't do that, whatever it is, we, we start to put all these things out there and we lose that compassion that, that we have. Boaz treated all his people the same. And he just said, you, got, you guys do what I'm telling you to do because we're going to put her as part of our, our crew here. This is our, and later on we end up knowing that he marries her and becomes that. I would love to see if one of those people mistreated her in that time and what happened to them when they got married. <laughs> right? <laughs> just to see. i just nosy, I think. <laughs> we can rejoice in spite that in spite of our background, where we came from, or what we might have done, or who we are, we have been accepted by Jesus Christ. 
It literally does not matter. It literally does not matter. We've seen every color, shape, size, background come through. And Jesus loves every one of us the same. God so loved the world that he gave. He didn't say the ones that, that, that might accept me, he gave it to everybody. And if it doesn't matter if they don't, but if they do accept me, they're going to get this blessing. It's available to everybody. Ephesians 1.6 says, To the praise of his glorious grace and favor, which, we, which he so freely bestowed on us in the beloved, his son Jesus Christ. You want to know what God did for us? He sent Jesus. And when Jesus did his, his, his duty here, he, he, he fulfilled his calling. He left us the Holy Spirit. Never left us forsaken. Not for a minute did he leave us alone. Not for a minute did we stand here with nothing. From the beginning of time, he's been here. And we've had his, his guidance. We've had access to all this stuff from the beginning. To that never-ending source of power. How many of you guys would love to have free gas and free batteries for the rest of your life? You never have to worry about it, right? Everybody. It, never, you, it would never run out. Everybody says that. Oh, man, I want to hit the lottery because you'll never run out of money. Or I'll do this because I'll... We literally have life. Life. God wants you to live your best life. And he's telling you how to do it. Amen? Next blessing we have, that'll be our last one, is the blessing of satisfaction. There's only one thing that can satisfy you. How, how many of you have have been in the world before, and, and you guys can say God redeemed you? you? You tasted the world? Nothing in the world can satisfy. There, there's, you, see, you see people hooked on drugs? They're not happy. You see people with money, they're not happy. You see people with cars, they're not happy. You see, and you're looking for all this, these things that cause happiness and nobody's happy. Because that doesn't bring satisfaction. In Ruth 2:15 and 16 it says, When she got up to glean, Boaz ordered his servants, Let her glean among the sheaves and do not insult her. Also you shall purposely pull out for her some stalks of grain from the sheaves and leave them so she may collect them. And do not... Rebuke them. Rebuke I think I went to the wrong thing. Sorry. 2.14. At mealtime, Boaz said to her, Come over here and eat some bread and dip your bread in the vinegar. So she sat beside the reapers and he served her roasted grain and she ate until she was satisfied. And she had some left for Naomi. Her future was full of hope because someone cared for her. You imagine how many people care for you. Right? You, you're, you, you just think about it right now. A lot of times we don't really, we really don't see who cares for us because we're like, well, nobody cares for me. My family forsook me. My, everybody turned their back on me and I'm all alone. But that's not the case. Jesus is with you. Amen. You have a fellowship of believers who care for you. If I'll tell you right now, if you've been to our church more than three or four times, I recognize your face. I care for you. I really do. I pray for you every day. Every worship set we have, we pray for you. That you would connect with Jesus through the music. Every single time I, we're praying before the set, we get here about an hour, two hours before services start. And we're praying that 
that even while you guys are asleep, even while you're, you're at home getting ready, that the Holy Spirit would go and remove any hindrances that are trying to come at you. Because we, I, I told you, the 49ers are playing, the remates there, the, the, the bed feels really good. I didn't get to sleep in Saturday, so I want to sleep in Sunday. Right? And, and, and we, we try and try and try to, to, to do all this stuff, and it doesn't work. Her future was full of hope because someone cared for her. If we know that someone's caring for us, we're going to have it. Amen? We're going to have that hope. John 4, 4, 13 and 14 says, Jesus answered her, Everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water that I give him will never be thirsty again. But the water that I give him will be will become in him a spring of water, satisfying his thirst for God, welling up continually, flowing, bubbling within him to eternal life. How many of you guys want to drink that water? How many of you have drunk that water that satisfies? Only in Jesus are we satisfied. During worship, I, I felt I felt him just come into the room and just satisfy. Just bring it and just say, peace. The peace was here. The peace fell. And we take it. We partake of it. That's what he gives us. Grace and faith. Ruth 2, 2, 10, and 12. I'm going to read them all separate. And it says, and Ruth the Moab. Moabitess said to Naomi, please let me go to the field and glean among the ears of grain after one of the reapers in whose sight I might find favor. Naomi said to her, go to my daughter. For us to be able to do and, and partake of this, is, it takes grace and faith. It takes the grace of God. It takes the grace of all of us. It takes the grace of pastors. It takes the grace of, of, of believers everywhere. Now, when somebody's trying to come out of something, we are there to encourage them. We're there to, 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 to push them forward and say, go, be encouraged, run, don't, don't stop, don't stop. This is going to be good for you. It's going to get hard, but just keep going. We can do that. That's the grace that we have. And then in her faith, this is, then she, in verse 10, then she kneeled face downward, bowing to the ground and said to him, why have I found favor in your eyes that you should notice me when I'm a foreigner? That, that's a faith builder. When I, when I come into church, like to, a day like tonight, and I'm in here and I'm worshiping, and I see Jesus come, I feel him come, that's a faith builder for me. It worked. It worked. We worshiped God and he came. And too many times we miss that. Too many times we, 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 God shows up and we leave here and say, man, I didn't feel anything today. But the people that were acting in faith came in and said, I'm going to wait until it happens. I'm going to pray until it happens. I'm going to worship until it happens. And it continues to go. Amen. Verse 12 says, may the Lord repay you for your kindness and may your reward, your reward be full from the Lord, the God of Israel, under whose wings you have come to take refuge. That was the grace of God over her. That was the grace of God living in her. That was the grace of God just seeing her, her faithfulness in chapter 1, coming and saying to her mother-in-law, I know you're, you're alone. I know that you've been forsaken. Everything is gone. But even if all that stuff is gone, I'm going to cling to you. 
And wherever you go, I'm going to go with you. And, and that faith that she had and the grace that Naomi had to say, Naomi told her, just stay. The other son's daughter went back. She said, okay, if you're going to, if I'm going to go look for it, I'll go look for it. Naomi said, no, I'm going to stick with a blessing. And if you go on in history, in Matthew chapter one, you see her name mentioned in Jesus lineage. She clung to it by grace and faith. Ruth was living by grace through faith, and we can enjoy the same blessings that Ruth enjoyed. Just as Boaz met all the needs Ruth had, the Lord Jesus Christ will meet all of our needs. We can experience his guidance, protection, encouragement, fellowship, acceptance, and satisfaction. How many of you guys want to partake of that? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord. You are so good to us. Your grace, Lord, over us, this, this grace that, that abounds, this grace that empowers, this grace that forgives, this mercy that just is new every morning, Lord, whether we deserve it or not, your mercy is there. And Lord, we thank you that we have satisfaction in you. Lord, we thank you for blessings that only you can give us. Lord, I pray that we would not lose sight of what it is to cling to you. We would not lose sight of what it is to, to know, fully know, that in you we have everything that we need. That we would not be afraid to come to you. We would not be afraid to, to stand when we feel forsaken. We not be afraid to cling to the promises of your word when when it just feels like like we're doing just something mundane lord i pray that as we go to you for guidance as we go to you lord for acceptance as we go to you for encouragement lord lord that you would speak to us through your word Lord, that we would develop a hunger for your word that every day, Lord, it would be like if we were missing a meal when we didn't read. That every day it would feel like we are unsatisfied if we don't have your word in us. That we would take the charge of Joshua and meditate on it day and night, not letting it depart from our minds. But that we would do and be in your will, Lord. Lord, I pray for those, God, who come in sometimes, Lord, afraid to, to just be free. That they would understand that this grace that you have given us, that this, this power that you have for us, Lord, is free and all we have to do is receive it. All we have to do is know that every promise in your word is meant for us. That when we are going through the tough times, Lord, that we would come out on top because your word says that you make all things to work for the good of those who love you. Lord, that you would take us beside still waters, Lord, when we are feeling the torment of life. When the storms are going, Lord, we pray that you would help us rise on wings like eagles. 
Lord, that we would run and not grow weary. Lord, we pray, Lord, that our hearts would be connected to you most of all. Lord, that we would have compassion and we would have a love that spreads, Lord. That we would take the charge of Jesus and say they will know us by the love that we share. That we would be known as people who love those who are lost, who are broken, who are in transition, who have been backslidden, or those who come in and, and are in that adolescent stage, are in that baby Christian stage, Lord. That we would not grow tired of doing good, that we would not grow tired of, of helping others, Lord, but that we would, Lord, just stand for what we believe in. And, and when we believe that people should be treated right, we would stand and be bold for that. Lord, I thank you for those, Lord, who are in this body, Lord, who have taken, Lord, taken their stand and said, I am going to pray for my leadership. I'm going to pray for this body. I'm going to love like I've never loved before. I thank you for those, Lord. I thank you for those leaders who serve. Even when it gets hard, Lord, I thank you that Week after week, they stand and they do what you have called them to do. Lord, we pray that you would have your way in us, that we would be, God, touched by this this word that you've given us, Lord, and that we would partake of your blessings. We pray all these things in Jesus' mighty name. Amen.